Do you, Chris, take this woman to be your lawfully wedded wife? Do you promise to barrage her with obscure facts concerning comics, movies, TV shows, and toys? I do. And Cindy, do you take this man-child to be your lawfully wedded husband? Do you promise to humor him by engaging him in his obsessive ramblings, for better or worse, in pre-crisis or in post? Sure, why not? Then by the power invested in me by the High Father of the Fourth World, I now pronounce you Supermates. You may podcast with the bride. Hello and welcome to episode 80 of Supermates, Husband and Wife Geekcast. I'm Chris. I'm Cindy. And we have a special episode for you today. We have just some random talk, some feedback, and a big announcement for the end of this episode. But we'll keep you in suspense because, you know, it's fun to do that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so stick around for at the end of the episode for a big announcement uh, on the future of us in podcasting. Uh So, so hang tight there. But uh, before we jump into feedback, um, you know, like uh, every other geeky person going, we saw The Last Jedi. We actually saw it twice. Yes. Uh, The first time we saw it, we saw it during a weekday uh, that we kind of thought by then, you know, Ticket sales would have been down enough that we could just walk up to a theater yeah, and, and get, just, you know, get, go. get good seats. But we still were sitting in the second row back. Yes, yeah, still craning our neck a bit. Yeah, even in the recliner seats at the, mm-hmm. the cushy theater. So, and we enjoyed it, you know. Um, but the second time we saw it here at our hometown theater, mm-hmm. we basically had the theater to ourselves because it was the fourth week that they had had it. Yeah. Weekend they had it. And so about everybody in our small town that wanted to see it had seen it at least once. Uh-huh. So uh, we got to enjoy it more, you know. And, you know, I, I know this is super divisive amongst fans. I know, you know, uh, you know, our own pal Ryan Daly is struggling with this movie yeah. and, and its yeah, effects can, on him. I can see that, though. Yeah, but, I mean, I enjoyed it myself. I, I really did, and... And uh, you know, and and if you didn't, if you didn't like it, or if it if it wasn't what you wanted in a Star Wars movie, I totally understand that. But you know, people that have like gone to extremes of asking to have it stricken from the continuity and oh, yes. all that type of stuff is just you know, you know, I yeah, no, that's not cool. <laughs> it's just you know. <laughs> I'll be honest. I mean, I personally like The Force Awakens better than The Last Jedi. Mm. That's, you know, but that's my personal opinion. I'm not sure which one I like better. The Force Awakens is more fun and is... I think me and Andrew saw it like three or four times in the theater before it Something was over. Something like that, yeah. Because it just we just kept going to see it because it was just so much fun. It was so much energy and just it was so cool to have Star Wars back. And it was so much better than the prequels. Mm-hmm. Sorry, prequels. People that like, you know, the prequels, I don't like totally hate the prequels like some people. But yeah, they're not great, you know. So, uh, overall. So... Like uh, Sheldon says when he's talking about having a movie screening, you know, a marathon of them. Okay, we're going to watch... You know, the first episode, and I've left an hour to talk about us, to discuss it, to talk about what we don't like. Do you think that's enough? Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, it, I think I think with this one now, you know, not I'm not I'm not generalizing. Like, in fact, Ryan's issues with this, I don't think, are, are the same issues as other people. But the the ones that are really upset about what the movie wasn't 
like that it you know what it didn't tell you what it didn't reveal i think a lot of that boils down to people like it wasn't the movie they wrote in their heads yeah you know and i think you know without getting into spoilers there's you know quite a bit of controversy over the way luke skywalker was portrayed well a lot of you know people are blaming that on ryan johnson for directing it and writing the the story but where else was he supposed to go with it based on where they told us Luke was in The Force Awakens? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the only way to, to differ from the course they were on was just to kind of totally ignore parts of that mm-hmm. and basically just say, you know, hey, you know, when Ray shows up, hey, you know, we need you. And he's like, okay, you know, and then just, I mean, well, why would he have left in the first place? Yeah. You know, I mean, there had to be some life-changing, character-changing event mm-hmm. that made Luke Skywalker say, you know what, I'm done, and walk away. Mm-hmm. And they had already went there. They had mm-hmm. already made him go away, so they had to come up with a good reason why he did it. What made this character do this? So to me, you got to go back and blame The Force Awakens if you don't like, and J.J. Abrams, if you don't like what they did with Luke because Ryan Johnson just took it to its natural conclusion, conclusion and its natural revelation of how Luke was going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, so, and I mean, there were aspects of what Luke Luke's portrayal, and I know Mark Hamill himself had some issues with it. And now he's kind of backpedaling saying, well, I kind of wish I hadn't come out so strong against it mm. because I think he's, you know, he, he feels like he added fuel to the fire because people are saying, well, Mark Hamill doesn't even like right, it. Right, right, right. You know, right. and so he's kind of like, ugh, you know. Uh, but uh, I thought he was fantastic in it. I mean, I think, I mean, Mark Hamill's, I mean, we all know Mark Hamill's a hell of an actor, and especially as a voice actor, but I think he proved that he is a hell of an actor-actor in this because that couldn't have been easy to portray that character that way, especially when you were kind of opposed to playing in that way. Right, right. And he, he sold it. I mean, I, I think he, he did a fantastic job with it. it I, one thing I liked about the movie, I didn't know what was going to happen from one minute to the next. The mm-hmm. first time we watched it, I had no idea. I had no idea what was going to happen, and I still don't know what's going to happen in the next movie. Right, I mean, with J.J. Right. J. Abrams coming back, it's probably going to be a lot more predictable than it was going to be with Ryan Johnson. Mm-hmm. You know, if Ryan Johnson stuck around or even... And honestly, with Carrie Fisher's death and, you know... Right. I mean, you, ha- you kind of... Because you, you, you kind of figured, especially when, you know, they killed off Han, they killed off Luke, you figured she was supposed to die in the third one. Now right. she has already passed away, well, the actress, you, so... Yeah, and I mean, had they, you know, would they have changed their plans had they known when they had her die and Luke live into the next movie? Right. And of course, that doesn't mean Luke won't be in it as a force ghost or something. But still, I kind of, I, mean, I kind of hope he really does show up and just like he's constantly there, like behind Kylo Ren, just needling them the whole time and making him so agitated. Because... Well, that, may, that brings <laughs> me to the point, you know, is he's like, "See you later, kid." Yeah. But Which to is something me, Han would say to him. It, that's exactly what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. In this particular movie, and I had that problem throughout the whole movie with different characters, their language usage was too modern, mm. too now, you're not, you know, right. this era 2018 mm. versus timelessness of their language and their delivery of that. I don't know. Han was always pretty, you know, modern. But that's, put a pin in that. Yeah. Because 
Han was one of, not everybody right. doing that. So like Having when, one character speak like that is one thing, but having everybody pull out, oh, hey, it's hip to say this. No. It takes away from the timelessness of the original three. You're not the only person that said that, and like the, the gag with uh, Poe and, and Hux where he's acting like he's, you know, I'm holding for Hux, General yeah, Hux, and all exactly. that stuff. Yeah, and I mean, I, I kind of like that they skidded into the fact that Hux was a joke. Yeah. Because the way they portrayed him in the first movie, he was like generic Nazi character. I mean, yeah. basically, it's like he had no character. And, you know, the actors are better, you know, deserve better than that. And, oh, yeah. And so this time they had fun with it. They had yeah. fun with the fact that he was just this, you know foaming at the mouth, you know, fascist, mm-hmm. you know, loud mouth mouthpiece basically what it amounts to. And they had they had fun at his expense and, and with that. But yeah, I can see your point. I mean there was more, you know, modern it did seem a little more hip. Some people have said, you know, they felt like the influence of like Guardians of the Galaxy mm. in this one just a little bit. And, you know, it's like you know, obviously Thor Ragnarok was much more Guardians than the previous Thor movies, and so I, and I definitely see that because yeah. that's within the Marvel movies, and it was definitely goofier than the other Thor movies, which is you know was my problem with it because of the heady stuff that was going on. Right. Um, you know, if it, nothing of consequence was happening, it wouldn't have bothered me in the least because it was fun. I still enjoyed it, but but yeah, I can I can see your point. You're not the only person that's that's brought that up. But, uh, you know, there's things in this that, um, you know, I, I for one, I didn't have any problem that, uh, you know, Snoke got taken out the way he did. I thought that was a great twist. I thought that was a turning things on its head. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, what were they going to do with it? I mean, if they kept him going, he would have just been the Emperor 2.0. Exactly. And they've already done stories in the expanded universe where the Emperor was cloned mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So it's like... Yeah, you know, they're they're trying to do something different. I think that's what I liked about it was that it was it had this fresh feel of it. It especially and it basically answered the problem. Everybody's problem with the Force Awakens was, well, it's too much like the A New Hope. It's right. it's too much the original movie. Retread, right. It's retread. I mean, you even got the Death Star back and all this and that and and so they did what people asked them to do and went in a different direction. And now they're, I mean, honestly, they're not hurting. The movie's made billions of dollars oh, at this yeah. point. It's yeah. a small, you know, it's a it's a small minority of people who, who are like really just, I mean, yeah, there's more people that, that are on the fence or, I'm not belittling anybody's opinion. If you didn't like it, you didn't like it. But the ones that are just foaming at the mouth about it, mm-hmm. the small but vocal minority of, mm-hmm. of people, you know, which, you know, I mean, that's... Going to be with anything. With anything, yeah. I mean, you know, we've all got, like, just like us doing this now, everybody's got a voice out there now, so. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. I, I hope they stick to their guns and Ray's backstory is that she's nobody. You know, yeah. that, that Ray is her own character. You know, she doesn't have to be. I think it's Some cool. Some family connection, yeah. I, I think it's cool to think that this nobody come out of nowhere and upset the great Skywalker legacy. Right. That, that you know, Kylo Ren is perverting. Or, well, I, you can actually say Luke perverted it because really now there's like, you know, two out of three Skywalker Jedis are bad, you know, so it's like Luke was the only one that wasn't, you know, unless you count Leia, as 
she's not really a Jedi, but she's a, obviously a Force user, mm-hmm. hence her, you know, quote-unquote Mary Poppins moment in the movie. Right, right. <laughs> but, uh, which, I, you know, I thought that was a little one of those things in the theater. I'm like, huh, they did that, you know. Was, yeah, yeah was, I, I know, I was going, It's like, okay. uh, you know, I, I, I don't hate it. I don't, like, it didn't, like, pull me out of the movie. I think it maybe was a little too much considering we've never seen her do anything approaching that before. Right. Other than like feeling the presence of people or what's going on with people that she loves and or are connected to the force. Uh-huh. We haven't seen her do anything with the force. So I think that was a little much, uh-huh. but it wasn't like, Oh, I'm getting up and walking out of the theater or anything like no, that. You know, it's no. like, but like, you know, people that complain, well, the, the bit on, with um, Canto, Canto Bite with Rose and Finn isn't necessary. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it's like, well, yeah, I think it is. And I think if J.J. Abrams is smart, he'll use those kids we saw. Or maybe mm-hmm. that's where Ryan Johnson's going with his movies. You know, that's what you said that. Yeah. You know, maybe that kid that, you know, blink and you'll miss it, moved that broom with the force. Yep. You know. Um, and had the resistance ring. Yeah. And stood there looking like Luke. Up at you know yep. the, you know up in the sky at the end. I mean, maybe he'll uh, he'll be important in either the next movie or Ryan Johnson's trilogy of movies. Right. So you know I, yeah you know all Star Wars movies have some part where they venture off into something that doesn't matter. I mean look look at all. I mean look how long uh, in Empire Strikes Back how long Han, Leia and and three PO were in the the Falcon. And, you know, they're on that asteroid and the thing tries to eat them and all that stuff. I mean, that right. didn't need to be in a movie, really. No. I mean, you know, I, I mean, really, not really. I mean, you know, it's an, so, you know, you can blame that on any Star Wars movie. So, I, I don't know. I just, I think, I, I feel sorry for filmmakers making any, any, any uh, franchise movie with this much hype. I mean, I even feel sorry for the Russo brothers with Infinity War. Right. I mean, they have got to live up to some serious, serious, serious freaking hype with this oh, movie. Oh, yeah. And I expect it. I honestly expect them to deliver, but good Lord, if they don't deliver 100 or at least 95%, my God, they're going to get crucified. Oh, yeah. Before the fourth movie even comes out, you know? So, but, uh, you know, and I, you know, it's, that's uh, I guess that's, they're laughing all the way to the bank. They're making money, yeah. so you know. But uh, yeah, I, I liked it. You know, the 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 end with Luke. I thought, you know, I, I was I did not get it that he wasn't there at first. I, I you know I didn't I didn't catch the clues. I I, I was into it too much mm-hmm. to notice that he didn't. Andrew did, but that he didn't. You know, his the feet, footprints, the footprints. Yeah. I guess I blinked or moved my head or looked over at Danny or him or something. For a split second when that scene was, because I don't even remember that the first time. The second time, I'm like, well, duh. Yeah. You know, there it just showed me right there, he's not there. Right. But I thought, man, that was one cool-ass way for him to... Go and, out. And man. it was it was cool that, and it was kind of cool that the Jedi, you know, they're supposed to be basically like monks. And so it was a really monk-like thing for him to do to, to confront the, the foaming... I keep saying foaming at the mouth, but the the petulant man-child mm-hmm. that is Kylo Ren who has his hissy fits mm-hmm. and just basically just like, yeah, I'm not even here, you know, but I'm just getting y'all riled up, mm-hmm. you know, while they all escaped. I thought that was really cool, and, you know, it was a fitting way for Luke to go out. I mean, I, I kind of hate that he went out in a way, but 
you know, he went out with class and style. And Mark Hamill looked damn good with his cropped beard and everything. Yeah. He looked cool, man. He was, he was, he was looking good. So, so uh, you know, I hope, we, I hope we see him again. I hope he bugs the crap out of Kylo Ren, which I like. I like Kylo Ren the way you're supposed to like him. You know, I, I think he's, uh, at, at, you know, there's, there's something about him that you still kind of, like, you don't just, like, you're interested in him. You know, it's, and that's a lot. I mean, he could, if he was in, played by the wrong actor, he could be a total, the character that you just moan every time it's on screen. Right. But I think Adam Driver does a great job with it. And Ray was, you know, Daisy Ridley was great, of course in it and uh, of course she kind of you know the movie's like basically resting on her shoulders a good mm-hmm. chunk of the time and and she continues to be fantastic so i enjoyed it you know um i like i said i you know, i don't know which one i like better uh they just i liked them for different reasons this one was more challenging there was a little bit of social commentary uh, you know you can read a lot into it it's stuff that's going on today and things so it it uh, which is different for a star wars movie but uh, yeah, I liked it. So, so there you go. Okay. Now okay. Moving on. So we're gonna take a quick promo break, and when we come back, we'll do some feedback. Beginning in 2018, the Who's Who podcast enters the 1990s with our coverage of the Loose Leaf editions. Featuring Superman by Jerry Ordway. The Joker by Brian Bolland. Wonder Woman by George Perez. Sandman by Mike Dringenberg. Batman by Norm Brayfogle. The JLI by Adam Hughes. Eclipso by Bart Sears. The Legion of Superheroes by Keith Giffen. Dark Stars by Travis Charest. Lobo by Simon Bisley. Kent Shakespeare by Chris Sprouse? Who is that? Doomsday by Tom Grummet. Wait, are we covering these by issue or in alphabetical order? The Justice Society of America by Mike Parabek. The Forever People again? You are f***ing kidding me. Doom Patrol by Richard Case. (sighs) I'm so confused. And many more. The Who's Who Podcast, going boldly into the 90s. A proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network, I guess. Okay, we're back, and uh, we're going to talk about <laughs> episode 78, which was our Thor Ragnarok episode and our last feedback episodes. We're doing feedback on feedback, basically. Uh, so, uh, you want to start out? So, Ryan Daly writes in, So, Cindy is starting her own protection racket, huh? In that case, is there a DC Girls or Forces of Destiny toy that she or Danny would like for Christmas? Anything to keep her from breaking my thumbs or burning down my store. <laughs> oh. I think you're going to have to go hot toys. That's what I told him. So. Oh, yeah. I need some more cash for that. Mm. You can go with the, uh, the, the, the training Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot, mm. Hot Toys Wonder Woman. So that'd be good. Uh, we got a uh, comment from Rob Kelly. Hey guys, enjoyed the show and not because you said my name a lot. Uh, I respond to comments a lot, more than the other guys. For a guy who doesn't like Twitter, you sure are good at subtweeting, Chris. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, I was trying to defend myself. That, that probably wasn't a good way to say that. It probably, you know, but yeah. Uh, Rob says, I like Thor 3 a bit, but wasn't overwhelmed by it. The mixture of heavy and goofy didn't bother me. But I felt that it was still a fairly boilerplate Marvel movie, with Taika Waititi's directorial hand only really seen at the margins. I don't think Marvel will ever be comfortable letting a director put too much of themselves in one of their movies. And after 17 films, I'm ready for the formula to be shaken up. Maybe Black Panther. Well, see, that's funny. Rob's asking for a formula shake up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the formula of Star Wars movie was shaken up 
in Last Jedi. Right. You know? Now Rob liked Last Jedi, so you know that's okay. I mean, that's you know perfectly fine. But I, you know, I don't know. I think I think Thor Ragnarok did kind of shake things up, maybe a little too much. Like I said, I mean, just because of the the tone of it. But that's me, you know. Okay. Sean Strawbridge writes in, Great episode, Franklins. Thanks for reading a few of my emails on the show. I really like Thor Ragnarok. It's a fun, cosmic romp that I think we've all been waiting for from the Thor films. I liked how, while it referenced Marvel films from the past, Ragnarok didn't seem like a film that existed pretty much just to set up future films. I'm looking at you, Age of Ultron. The characters were all great, the acting was on point, and the mixture of humor and action drama didn't pull me out of the story at all although this may change with subsequent viewings. All in all, one of my favorite movies in the MCU to date. Is it Winter Soldier? No, of course not. But it isn't Iron Man 3 either. I think it's more comparable to the Guardians of the Galaxy films in tone, and that's not really a bad thing. Interested in seeing where Marvel Studios will be taking the Thor character from this point on. Thanks again for another great episode. Oh, thanks, Sean. And uh, Sean, uh, like I said last time, Sean is... uh, uh, me and him are almost like email pen pals. He emails me a lot, and I'll email him back, and we'll have these nice long email conversations. And we had one recently, and I can't remember if it was about one of these episodes or Wonderful Toys. I think it might have been about Wonderful Toys, but yeah, it's always good to hear from Sean. Uh, we got a comment from Brian Linton who said, I just wanted to comment on Thor Ragnarok before diving into the feedback section of the episode. Ragnarok was hands down my favorite of the Thor movies, and I get the feeling... I like the first two films more than most MCU fans. When it comes to the drama-comedy balance, I do agree that the film erred on the side of comedy, but I did feel the climax at the end of the film was appropriate, appropriately dramatic. Speaking of the end of the film, I truly love the way the conflict was resolved here. I think I mentioned it before, but I'm a sucker for stories where the protagonist manages to win by losing. Hopefully that's vague enough to not be a spoiler. Well, by now, I think everybody that's so wanted to see Thor Ragnarok has seen it by now, right. so I think we're okay. Paul Hicks writes in, Hey, Trendy. Just wanted to call you Trendy again until everybody starts doing it. <laughs> Is it Trent? Wouldn't it be Crendy? Crendy? Crendy, I think. Crendy, yeah. Crendy, because Chris, Cindy, Crendy. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> but I should be first. <laughs> yeah, but... Sistifer. Sis, Sistifer? <laughs> yeah, Sistifer. Sinstifer. <laughs> Sinstifer. Sinstifer. Now, Crendy sounds better. Yeah, uh, but, you know, I want to be first. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, Brian wrote back in again, uh, Brian Linton. Okay, I finished the feedback marathon. It was a lot of fun to revisit all those past episodes. Yeah, and they were a lot way in the past episodes. Uh-huh. I'm glad you guys enjoyed my rote known ramble, and I want to thank you and the creature for the opportunity to share some of the impractical knowledge stored in my brain. I'm sure you would be as amazed as I am how difficult it is to work facts about rote known into casual conversation. Yeah, you know. But <laughs> hey, everybody's got to know something. Right. And, you know, I mean, I if I if I knew that, I'd be telling everybody. And they, Have you ever seen a creature from the Black Lagoon? Uh, and if they said, yeah, like, you remember rote known? I'd be telling them. <laughs> yeah, you would. Yeah. Ed O. Bosner writes in, As per my tradition with your show, I'm posting my comment with a bit of delay, although at least this one can't be measured in years. I wanted to actually watch Ragnarok, Mission Accomplished last night, before listening to your thoughts. I love the movie pretty much unreservedly. It was just so much fun, even with all the relatively dark things that happened. In fact, in that regard, it seemed to really capture the feel of Simonson's fabled run on Thor. 
that's fun from start to finish, but also not without many rather weighty and dark occurrences. And I just love the several direct hat tips to Simonson's run in the movie, like the fight between Thor and Hela, Scourge executioner redeeming himself with machine guns, and pretty much every scene with Sutar. Heck, the only thing missing was Beta Ray Bill. Also, since Hulk, Valkyrie, and Doctor Strange all appeared, this was almost a classic Defenders film. Mm. Otherwise, I have to say that I'm honored to have had a whole section of feedback dedicated to my comments. <laughs> You're welcome, Edo. And, and, and if you, you know, want to ever send any more about past shows in, go right ahead and we'll read them as long as you let me know that... It's from this episode. Yeah, what, you know, it, well, I usually get an email thing that'll tell me if somebody oh, did okay. that. So. Okay, episode 79 was our Starman Chronicles and Stocking Stuffers episode, our Christmas episode. Uh, Rob Kelly writes, Chuck was erased after the events of the ABC crossover event Crisis on Earth Marshall. (laughs) (laughs) Those SM Theater segments were remarkably intense. Merry Christmas, Franklins. You guys, P.S., you guys said blow molds a lot in this episode. <laughs> yeah, we did. Rob thinks blow molds is some kind of dirty term or something. I swear, dude, it's just plastic decoration. Literally plastic blown into a mold. Yeah, it's just, yeah, they're hollow inside. Yeah, yeah so it's like, it, they're blow, there's like blow mold dolls, uh, you know, like cheap knockoff Barbie dolls or blow molds mm-hmm. that have hollow bodies. Uh, you know, there's like... Those big dolls that you might order, you know, that's what they're talking about. (laughs) No, those aren't blow molds. I think that's what he's getting at. Those aren't the same thing. (laughs) Uh. You can cut that part out. Yeah, okay. So, Brian Linton writes in, Great holiday episode. I look forward to new installments of the Starman Chronicles and the radio dramas were well done. I thought your rendition of Satan's Little Helper was more tragic and moving than my more humorous read of the comic. Thanks to this episode and the power of Google, I also learned about blow molds today. So thank you for the gift of knowledge. We're spreading the word of blow molds. That's right. Now you'll never find them in the wild again. (laughs) Probably not. Everybody knows what a blow mold is. Speaking of in the wild, I think now's a good time. I did not mention this. By the time this episode drops, well, no, this episode should drop later this week. So if it's been on several... Uh, comic news sites and Back Issue Magazine's Facebook page, but if you have an Ollie's uh, closeout store near you... Oh, good Lord. Go, because they have a huge buyout of DC paperbacks, trade paperbacks, and hardcovers, and they are ridiculously cheap. I'm talking anywhere from three bucks to what was the highest one? Seven? Seven bucks. And... I got like 75 years of Lois Lane for $7. Right. I mean, we bought, I mean, we dropped like a little over $100. $107 plus tax. And we got 28 books. Yeah. I mean, and there was another guy there that was buying them to flip on Amazon. Uh, good luck, buddy, because uh, everybody's going to know about it. Mm-hmm. So the books there aren't going to be worth very much, I don't think. But if you just want to read them like I do... Then, you know, yeah. I mean, I got like, I don't know how many volumes of Showcase Presents I got. I oh mean, my gosh. I got Jonah Hex, Phantom Stranger. Blue Beetle, Elongated Man, yeah. Captain Carrot and his amazing Captain Zoo. Carrot. Kept the whole run of Captain Carrot and yeah. the Oz Wonderland War. Uh, yeah, a Batman one, a Justice League one, Aquaman, the first Aquaman one, Hawkman. I mean, I got a ton of those. I got several trade paperbacks that I didn't have. And there were tons more there, but they were things I had in single format. I'm not going to say floppies, because apparently when I say the word floppies, 
about regular comics. People, some people don't like that, so I'm not calling them floppies. But regular single issues, like lots of JSA trade paperbacks. Mm-hmm. Well, I had all those. And, and they had Starman. They had some of the Starman Omnibuy. Mm-hmm. And I didn't buy those because I got those. So, And I don't even know what I'm going to do with these books. I'm going to have to like get another bookshelf. Oh, I know. We keep moving them from our dining room table when we eat to our bed. And then when we go to bed, then we put them back on the dining room table. So, yeah. <laughs> For right now until yeah. we figure out what to do with them. Yeah. But, yeah. So, so go... And uh, check out Ollie's, and I'm sure you'll find at least one or two books if they if they haven't been bought up yet. Because I know on back issues forum, I was worried because I kept reading it this week, and I'm like, okay, I know we're going to Lexington on Friday, and I really hope there's a new Ollie's there. And I'm like, I really hope it stuff's still there. I hope it's still there. Somebody posted the one in Florence, Kentucky, which we've been to. We had been to before the Ollie's. It had been wiped out by a guy who bought everything. Yeah. Now, what this guy's going to do with it, I have no idea. But he bought everything, so yeah. I don't like you know. I don't know. I was talking to um, Steve at our uh, at Heroes Realm or LCS, and uh, he was saying, uh, you know, I don't, you know, unless he's planning on going to a comic show and and selling them at like half cover price, right? You know, and maybe I said, yeah, but everybody's going to know everybody you know, that yeah collects it knows this already. And I mean, apparently they got like a huge big bulk order and then they split them amongst stores so like some stores got like like a hundred copies of volume two and volume five of a series like say starman or something mm-hmm. and then another store got volume one and volume three like a hundred copies mm-hmm. so that that's the burn of it is that you can't get a whole like collection series yeah but i mean at those prices who cares you know pick up the other ones later but anyway so go to ollie's if you want some dc paperbacks or something Ted Kilvington wrote in, another great episode, a few thoughts. I think the Cunninghams disowned Chuck after he connected. <laughs> I think the Cunninghams disowned Chuck after he converted to Scientology. Well, there you go. <laughs> Is that Tom Cruise at the door? Um, I agree with you wholeheartedly about the Justice League film. On a scale of 1 to 10, I give it a 6. Meaning enjoyable, more bad than good, but plenty of room for improvement. As a comparison, I gave BBS a two. Yeah, yeah, uh, I know. I, I, and that two was Wonder Woman's part. So you know. Yeah, I believe uh, Yoel is pronounced Yoel, uh, as in rhymes with Noel. Or, or okay, Yoel. So that's how he says it. Okay, I'm still saying it wrong. So he he thinks that the artist Steve uh, Yoel, like Noel. No, Steve Yoel, like Noel. Okay. Golly. The first syllable, yo, I guess, would guess is pronounced the same as the first syllable in yeoman, as in yeoman Diana Prince or yeoman Janice Rand. Well, that makes sense. Hmm. Shag writes in, I forgot to mention, I met Steve Yoel at a comic signing in Atlanta in the early 1990s. He was there promoting his work on the Vertigo miniseries, Sebastian O. Nice guy. I believe it was pronounced yeoel. However, I'm not a reliable source for pronunciations. Also at the signing was Grant Morrison and Jill Thompson. Hmm. There, Jill Thompson, you'd like to get her, meet her, the scary godmother. And get my daggum scary godmother doll. <laughs> However, the dolls have arrived from China. Mm. They are in a United States warehouse and are being processed. So hopefully soon I will have a scary godmother doll in the next probably two or three months. Cindy uh, did a kick, uh, uh, supported a Kickstarter campaign for a Scary Godmother doll based on J. 
Bill Thompson's scary godmother character mm-hmm. that has had Cartoon Network specials and things. Four years ago. Four years ago. Four <laughs> years. Four. Four. Not one. Not two. Not three. Four. Now that's not Jill Thompson's fault. No. That's no. not her fault I mean, that was, that was the whole, you know, yeah. the factory, da 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 you know, all this jazz, but, you know, four years. You need to get that Wonder Woman graphic novel she did, the one where, like, the... Diana on Themyscira and all that stuff she recently did. I know. It was on my Christmas list. It wasn't under the tree, though. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, shut up. Which that had been... Well, I don't really want that to be at Ollie's because that's a newer book. But, you know, it's like... But, yeah. It okay. wasn't under the tree. All I have to say is Valentine's Day is shortly coming up. And then there you go. <laughs> okay. Okay. And there's also uh, on the DC thing, uh, DC's YouTube channel. They do a video. They do those videos where they have the artists like draw something while they're talking to him. And there's one of her. You need to probably try to watch that. Clinton Robinson wrote in excellent episode. I almost, almost ended up covering that Etrigan story. So thankful I didn't. There's no way to have topped this. Love it. Aww. Thank you very much. Uh, Chuck Cunningham was probably eaten by his basketball after attempting to perform a dark ritual similar to the one in the Satan's Little Helper story. There you go. <laughs> I think he's like sailing down a uh, 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 room service cart, you know, down a hallway in a hotel in an elevator per Superman 3. I think that's what mm, happened I'm to sorry him. you said about elevator and, you know, hotel and that went to, you know, red rum with the... the- Girls and you know, the oh, God. anyway, <laughs> the blood coming out of the yes, uh, yeah, sorry, okay. yeah. What do you have against Troll Santa, Chris? Well, you know, the more I drove by Troll Santa after we did that episode, the more I liked him, and then he was gone. So I don't know if he was a decoration or they sold him, but the troll, I'm tr- the one at the uh, uh, Horns Auction House, remember? Oh, yeah, that big tall thing, yeah, yeah. he was about. Three, four foot tall. That's tall for stuff something. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Uh, he said, let's hope Cindy isn't on the naughty list. I fear she'd use the lumps of coal to put lumps on Chris's head. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> and the Jill Thompson book wasn't there, so I might get some grief from that. And I wish I hadn't brought that up. Mm-hmm. Ange writes in, I have something of a funny story about this Happy Days episode. Something I remember vividly. When I first saw this episode in syndication, I was probably seven or eight, and I completely missed the point. I thought the Fonz did have family he was trying to get to. The ravioli from the can, a light snack before the bus trip, the irritation with the Cunninghams hanging around. Well, what would you expect? The man was trying to catch a bus. When the episode ended, I thought, how sad. The Fonz's family will be worried about why he didn't show up. I was pretty young. When I saw it again, whenever that was, probably a year later, I was struck by what I by what I had missed in my first viewing. I told my older brother, who I was watching with, you know, I don't think Fonzie has family. I think he was embarrassed and made all that up. My brother looked at me and shook his head and just said, idiot. <laughs> I hadn't thought about this in forever. Thanks for covering. I laugh at my innocence and ignorance now, not even minding being called a fool by my brother. Happy holidays and thanks for all these shows. Love them. Well, thanks, Ange. And I got to talk to Dr. Ange this morning, thanks to Ryan Daly. Mm. So, uh, I guess maybe I shouldn't have said that, but yeah. So, there's there's a show coming out pretty soon with Ryan and me and, and Ange. So, there you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got another uh, comment from Edo Boznar, who said, Another fun episode. Even though I haven't yet read any of Robinson's Starman, I enjoy 
I enjoyed your rundown. Sounds like a good story. And after looking at your image gallery, I seem to have a craving for fig pudding. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> nice that you covered that episode of Happy Days. I'm actually old enough to have watched that when it originally aired on network TV. I was six at the time. And then I think I saw it again a few years later in syndication, and then probably never thought of it again until listening to your show today. I'm actually not really that much of a Happy Days fan. First few seasons were okay, I guess. But that is a good episode. Just as you both noted about the Starman story, it hit all the right notes a Christmas episode of a sitcom should without getting too sappy. As for Chuck, it's funny. I remember that later he would sometimes come up in conversation about TV with friends in high school or even college, and there would always be someone who didn't remember him. What? Richie and Joni didn't have an older brother? And think everyone else is putting him or her on. Of course, in those pre-internet days, there was no quick way to prove it. Anyway, I think Chuck had the same fate as the dog tiger from the first two seasons of The Brady Bunch. He was sent to that farm upstate. <laughs> <laughs> also, excellent performance and a supporting role by Danny. I approve. Aww. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty cool. Yep. <laughs> Shag writes in, another great episode. Y'all's enthusiasm for Christmas helps me get through the holidays. Love, love, love the coverage of the Starman issues. Hearing your coverage brings it all back, and the Happy Days flashback was an unexpected joy. Merry Christmas. Oh, thank you, Shag. And Shag's saying y'all. Like, uh, it's like, where are, you, where are you from, Shag? You know, yeah. I, he is from, like, farther south than us, but I mean, you know, that doesn't, you know, Florida usually gets a pass on that stuff. Uh, Paul Hicks writes in, Crindy, family and friends, thanks for another fun episode. Hope you can keep up your star mania in 2018. Well, we plan to. Warhill Terry writes in, Thanks, Franklins, for this great Christmas episode. Starman, I've often thought that I might share this story with my wife if she expressed interest in the character. We frequently quote A Christmas Carol, and I think she'd get a kick out of O'Dares. Happy days. I was a regular viewer of this show right from the start, but I don't recall this one. What struck me as I listened to the segments you played was the quality of the voices. Even without the visuals, Tom Bosley, Marion Ross, Ron Howard, and Henry Winkler did more than just recite their lines. Bosley and Ross came from the stage, and to me, their experience shows. Perhaps that was something that made this show just a little bit better than most network television. Regarding Chuck, I swear that I've seen a clip where Richie, played by Ron Howard, asked Mr. C, played by Tom Bosley, whatever happened to Chuck? Some things we don't talk about, Richard. I'm not making this up. It may have been on the film Howard made in 2008 encouraging people to vote for Barack Obama. He recreated his roles as Richie and Opie and got both Bosley and Andy Griffith to reprise their roles as his father. He, he recreated the look of each show. It was pretty amazing, and I think he faded out with that Chuck bit. I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, I know. Because I'm a huge fan of, of the Andy Griffith show and a fan of Happy Days, of course. Mm -hmm. But I'm a huge fan of the Andy Griffith oh, show. Oh, yeah. I try to watch it, like, at least a couple times a week. It's on MeTV, like, for an hour, like, from 8 to 9. I try to sneak in an episode here or that, here and there. So I am definitely going to have to check that out. That's very cool. So uh, these two episodes got Facebook likes and shares from Ryan Daly, Max Romero, Gene Hendricks, Clinton Robinson, Derek William Crabb, Brian Ng, Patrick Delmore, Rob Kelly, Shag, Martin Gray, Zoom Yukonori, Siskoy, Jason Mulliken, David Foster, DeBeche, Jose Rivera, Martin Gray, and Ruth Sutherland. Twitter likes and retweets from Zoom Yukonori. That's History of Comics on Film there. Comic Reflections, Justice Trek, 
Ted Kilvington, Justice's First Dawn, It's Plastic Man, Max Romero, Siskoid, Shag, Firestorm Fan, KB Likes Comics, Superman Movie Minute, Rob Kelly Creative, Digest Cast, Pod Dylan, Treasury Comics, Film and Water Podcast, Coffee and Comics, Tom Gibson Lee, Luke Dobbs, Chris, KB Likes Comics, Cindy Womack, Tim Price, Ward Hill Terry, Superoli, and James Hudson. Okay, we're going to take another promo break, and when we come back, our big announcement. Don't go away. Star Wars, give me those Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars, don't let them Star Wars, those dear and Star Wars, talking about Star Wars on the podcast. I'm Ryan Daly, and welcome to... And I'm the Irredeemable Shag. Dude, what are you doing? What? Give me those Star Wars as my show. Well, you're part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network, so it's really our show. But if you show up on the promo, people will think you're the co-host. I'm not? No, the show will have rotating guests. You just took that idea from my Justice League International podcast. You took that idea from my Secret Origins podcast. And you took that idea from Dead Both and Spies. That was my podcast. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I sang the theme song with you. So? So, technically, I appear on every episode. I'm part of the foundation of this new Star Wars show. That's... That's true. So, you want to take this from the top, or what? (sighs) I'm Ryan Daly. Join me and a galaxy of guest stars on Give Me Those... Including the irredeemable Shag, whose voice you will technically hear on every episode. On Give Me Those Star Wars... The official Star Wars show of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Available on iTunes and Stitcher and at fireandwaterpodcast.com. Okay, we're back and we've kept you in suspense long enough, so... uh, You were honestly at the edge of your seats, weren't you? Yes. uh, So, next month is Supermate's fourth anniversary. It started in February of 2014, believe it or not. Uh, And uh, we've seen a lot of changes in podcasting since then. Uh, we ourselves joined the Fire and Water Podcast Network, and because we are on a network and because the nature of kind of comic podcasting shows have changed, it kind of come to us both that podcasts have gotten a lot more specific, specific. Mm-hmm. like what they're covering, like this show's covering this, and this show's covering this, and and kind of the randomness of a show like ours is kind of it's kind of out of style in a way and it's also you know for us because we don't want to step on the toes of anybody on the network Mm -hmm. we don't want to step on the toes of our friends outside the network it's kind of hard for us sometimes to come up with what we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. you know well they're doing this over here and you know we're well we want to talk about we used to talk about this, but there's a show dedicated to that now, and 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 I'm not, you know, I'm, I, you know, I'm not saying nothing against anybody for because you know, obviously, we can't say we like claimed everything. You can't do, no. it, you know. So, but it, it did. It just in, you know, there are a lot more voices out there. There are a lot more couples. I mean, we weren't the first couple to have a podcast, obviously. No, but uh, but there's yeah. a lot more than there was before. And you know, so you know, we were me and Cindy have been talking back and forth for several months about 
you know, what do we want to cover, you know, going forward? What do we want to talk about um, on on Supermates? And, you know, like the Fire and Water Network's mantra is, find your joy. Right. And one thing we both love is the Timverse, or better known as the DC Animated Universe. And we have covered the DC Animated Universe several times throughout the four years. Mm-hmm. On Going back to, like, episode two, we did right. a Batman the Animated Series episode. Uh, so, you know, we like, that's, that's Cindy's preferred version of the characters. Yes. That's the one she relates to the most. I'm right there behind her. I, my deeper history with the comics is the only thing that keeps me from saying that's my favorite. Honestly, I think it's probably the best mm-hmm. still. The best, it's definitely the best media version of the characters, period. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no, there's no argument there. No. In my opinion. Absolutely not. So, we thought, why not start a new show where we take a look at the culmination of the Timverse, or the DC Animated Universe, that being Justice League, and then its eventual evolution into Justice League Unlimited. Mm-hmm. So starting next month, right here on the Fire and Water Podcast Network, we're going to launch JLU Cast. Mm-hmm. Coming soon from the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Working together, we saved the planet. And I believe that if we stayed together as a team, we would be a force that could truly work for the ideals of peace and justice. Every episode. My name is Jean. I'm a Martian. Every adventure. (sighs) Okay, you guys are so slow. Every hero. Whatever you think you're doing, if you present a threat to the world, the Justice League will take you down. Cindy and Chris Franklin bring you JLU cast. Whatever the future holds, we'll make those choices ourselves. Don't say you don't love me. I'll never say that. Covering the complete animated run of Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. And the adventure continues. There's strength in numbers. What? Like a bunch of super friends? More like a Justice League. Thanks to Ryan Daly for kind of cementing that name. I kind of had that in the back of my head and he said, well, why don't you just call it JLU cast? And I'm like, that's good. I like that too. So, <laughs> because I think you need to keep this stuff simple. And there's already a Justice League show on the network with Shag. Mm-hmm. So, I don't want to have two Justice League, you know. So, JLU cast is perfect. So, we're going to cover the entire run of Justice League and Justice League Unlimited in air date order. Uh, we'll cover at least two episodes per show. And a third episode for the big storylines. Yeah, because sometimes there's an arc to it. Well, and then like the very first episode, Secret Origins. Right, right. You know, it was was actually shown as a movie Mm -hmm. the first time it was aired, and it was stripped into three parts. But So we're going to cover it in that style. That's the the idea. We will also feature occasional flashback episodes to Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, etc., or flash-forward to Batman Beyond. Exactly. Uh, now, don't worry. Supermates will continue. It's just going to be less frequently, especially at first. Right. Uh, you know, we've, we're have we still going to uh, do a few Starman episodes per year. We're going to do House of Frankenstein and our annual Christmas episode. And whatever non-JLU-related topic we might want to discuss, we'll do it on Supermates. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we just thought, you know, originally we talked about just having it as a feature on Supermates, but we thought, no, this deserves its own show. Uh-huh. Because if there's people out there that love, and I know there's people out there that love Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, I want them to find the show. I don't want them to have to dig dig in 
you know, through iTunes or something and say, oh, there's a show that occasionally does a Justice League uh -huh. thing. So we're going to launch it as its own show. And uh, just a few, uh, you know, we're still tweaking. We haven't recorded a show yet. Uh, hopefully I'll have a trailer that I can put in this episode by the time this one drops. Uh, but just a few features we talked about uh, adding to the show. Some of these, I've, I will be completely honest, I kind of cribbed. Uh, from uh, both Shag's Justice League Bwahaha podcast and uh, from FW Team Up the Siskoid does uh, some of the ideas for some of these features because I think it's neat to have something to kind of you know almost like a tally mark thing well this is was in this episode you know so uh, power action feature which would be the character with the best power action that episode of course that's kind of a callback to the superpowers figures so that's like the best move that mm -hmm. they do, which is a little bit like what uh, they do on FW Team Up. Rotating chair person, which Justice Leaguer fared the best out of the group in that episode, you know, who had the, the shining moment in that one. Uh, just listen, you, you know, JLU. Uh, best line of the episode, who said it? Um, Watchtower files, uh, you know, character and actor creator profiles uh, that we can discuss, and comic connection. What comics most closely match the themes or events of this episode? What maybe inspired that these, particular, these one, particular yeah. episodes or maybe even what later came later that was based on the feel or the what happened in this episode? So that's it. Uh, you know, starting next month, uh, JLU cast. And uh, like I said, uh, Supermates will return. We're not going to cancel Supermates. We're not going to stop doing Supermates. But we will do it less frequently now uh, -huh. uh you know our our focus will be more on uh putting out a regularly scheduled jlu cast uh -huh. um because you know that's where our joy lies that's exactly. we're, we're finding our joy so we hope you join us uh in february for the launch of justice league unlimited show jlu cast and we'll see you then bye bye Supermates is a Franklin and Franklin production in association with Bugaloo Enterprises Worldwide. He is a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. The characters and properties mentioned in this show are copyright for respective holders. Likewise, all audio clips are copyright their holders and no infringement is implied. So please don't sue my mommy and daddy. <laughs> Emails can be sent to supermatespodcast at gmail.com. Comments can be left at fireandwaterpodcast.com. Find us on Facebook by searching for Supermates and FW Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter by using the hashtag FWPodcast. Please consider leaving a review on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Supermates, the husband and wife geek cast. Each of you brings something different to the table. Strength, speed, stealth, whatever. But we're all equal in at least one way. Each of us is willing to make the sacrifices a hero needs to make, even the ultimate one. Since there are so many of us, we have a chance to do more than just put out fires, both literal and figurative. We can be proactive. We can do some real good in the world.